a message for liberals and the mainstream media. You can't handle the truth! So, buckle up, snowflakes, because we're about to deliver the politically direct best in conservative commentary, news, and investigative reports. We're telling the truth, and we're not gonna stop. Okay, liberals, back under the bridge with the rest of your fellow trolls, and oh yeah, Thanks for listening to Right Side Patriots. They are special, special people on RSPRadio1.com. Welcome to Right Side Patriots on RSPRadio1.com. Craig Andreessen at the National Patriot, Diane Sori at the Patriot Factor. It's Friday night, the 10th or 20th of October. <laughs> Holy cow. Uh, yeah. Welcome to it. Hello, Diane. Hello, Craig. And how are you this very tiring day? Uh, you know, <laughs> monitoring situations around the globe 24-7. That's your right side Patriots team of Craig and Diane. Yes. We have, I think, collectively between the two of us over... The past week and a half since the Israeli situation started, I don't think either one of us have gotten more than about three hours of sleep each night. Yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah if we're lucky. Yeah, you know, that's and, not a good day, yeah. <laughs> you know, I, I've taken to keeping the TV on all night. I basically do. Yeah, no, I got the TV on, I got my phone in the bed. You know, so if I get updates on the phone, you know, things that are going on, I get those. They wake me mm-hmm. up. Television wakes me up, you know. Cats wake me up. Yeah. Husband's I mean, dead to the world. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, but I mean, look, we're we're staying on top of the situation and uh right. You know, we've we've got a couple of really good pieces coming up for next Tuesday's show. Very hard-hitting, telling it like it is. So you don't want to miss that show coming up on Tuesday night. And, uh, you know, we've got a lot to do tonight, too. But it's Friday, so, you know, that's that's a good thing. Uh, Husker football tomorrow at home against Northwestern. I mean, that's going to be, if, if the wheels don't come completely off the wagon, we ought to win this one. So, Okay, right now, ask me if I care. I know you don't. That's why I always update people on Friday's show that we have a game. So, Yeah, I am not a fan of football, guys. <laughs> you know, I, I grew up. As a Husker fan in Lincoln, Nebraska, I will always be a Husker fan. You cut me, I bleed Husker red. You know, so what can I tell you? I, I love Husker football. Even even though we have sucked for a long time, I love Husker football. 
It's, <laughs> it's it's my escape. You know, for three hours tomorrow, I get to escape everything else and just focus on football. Ah, but if something major happens, you know you're going to get a phone call and you're going to have to put it aside. You know, if if the world ends tomorrow, I won't know it until after the game is over. Ah, okay. <laughs> that's, that's just I don't how... think it's going to end tomorrow. Well, I hope not, you know. Right. Um, let's start with the House Speaker Clown Show that's still in progress. Um, mm-hmm. Our, our uh, Jim Jordan is out. He yes. um, he was actually, they couldn't vote him in as House Speaker, so they voted him out as the nominee. Right. <laughs> he won Makes that a lot vote. Of sense, doesn't it? Yeah, he won that vote. Mm-hmm. Um, now, the problem is, not only do we not have a House Speaker, we've been two weeks without a Speaker of the House, now we don't even have a House Speaker nominee. True. But you know what's even worse about all this? This is helping the Democrat Party big time because they are going to use this come 2024. Look at these Republicans. They can't even get their act together when they're in control of Congress, of the House. Thank you, this Matt Gates. This is going to be used against us, and you know what? It should be, because this is a disgrace, and it's all thanks to Matt Gates. You know, Matt Gates. speaking of him, he's hopping mad uh, because he claims that uh, they, they knifed Jordan in the back. You know, he was supporting Jim Jordan. Um, so now it doesn't really matter who they make the next nominee. Uh, Matt Gates and and uh, his little uh, gang of eight, they'll vote against whoever it is because they wouldn't elect Jim Jordan. Well, so. I've about had it with Matt Gates. You know, he he caused all this trouble because he did not think out the situation completely. He took a personal vendetta against McCarthy and has single handedly helped to cause even more divisiveness than Trump has. Yeah, I mean, that's really true when you get right down to it, when you think about it. Uh, Matt Gate launched into this thing. He had a personal vendetta, a personal, not a political, right. a personal vendetta against Kevin McCarthy. So he wanted to get rid of Kevin McCarthy since Kevin McCarthy's first day, and he was just looking for an excuse. Well, he finally cooked up an excuse and got enough people together to vote McCarthy out without any plan whatsoever of anything to do after that. Now, if you, if you want to eject the speaker of the house, okay, it's never been done before. So, I mean, first of all, you don't really have a blueprint for how to go about it, but common sense would tell you if you're going to kick the guy out, at least have somebody ready to set down in that chair that everybody will vote for. Matt Gates did not do that. I have a feeling he still wants the position and wants somebody to nominate him, even though he says he doesn't want it. I think his ego is so overblown that he would, yeah, I'll run, but he will well, not get the nomination. No, there are the, too many Republicans in Congress who now want to boot him for his little theatrics. 
you know, the, the speakership really is kind of a popularity contest when you boil it all down. Mm-hmm. And Matt Gates is not the most popular crayon in the box. Especially now. You know, so, I mean, even even if you, somebody, you know, says, well, let's nominate Matt Gates, the, the people that don't like Trump will not vote for him because he's Matt Gates. Right. It's just ridiculous. And, and you know what's even worse is we have not learned yet that the one thing the Democrats have over us is that they stay united as a party. We are so fractured and in so many different directions that, like I said in the beginning, this is going to work against us. Every one of those Democrats marched in lockstep behind Hakeem Jeffries, who in no way in hell do I want him as Speaker of the House. But what these people don't understand is the Speaker is third in line to the presidency. We need a good speaker, a real good one, because we don't know what's going to happen over the next year, especially with Biden and in the physical condition that he's in. We don't know what can happen. You know, people can have a heart attack who you think are perfectly healthy. The speaker position is very, very important. And we need somebody, a true, someone who can bring unity within the party. And I still keep going back to Lee Zeldin, who by a hair missed, you know, defeating the Democrat governor of New York. Yeah, that was close. And and that he's, he's, a, he's a good man, Lee yes. Zeldin. Yes, but I don't think he's Matt Gates's cup of tea. I don't think, yeah, I mean, that that might be an issue, you know. But here's the problem. Let's say he was Matt Gates' cup of tea. Let's mm-hmm. say Matt Gates could get behind Lee Zeldin. Okay? okay. All the people that are opposed to Matt Gates will not vote for Lee Zeldin because he's being backed by Matt Gates. So it doesn't really matter. Maybe Matt Gates should vote present and keep his mouth shut. Right. That's going to happen. Yeah. I mean, you're the I one won't. that brought up Matt Gates' ego. Yeah, that's going to happen. Yeah, that's true. It's not going to happen. We are going to be fractured here for quite some time. Even the pro temp yesterday, he said he would do it, but he put conditions. Yeah. Where the hell is he to put conditions? <laughs> well, you know, and... He's a, he's a backer of, of China and business is going to China, um, you know, as a member of the house, um, you know, several years back when Trump was putting tariffs on Chinese goods, he was definitely against that. Right. Even though it, it helped our economy. Uh, oh, he was, he was, he was terribly against that. So, I mean, is that really the guy we want as speaker? I, you know, no, no, it's not. But at this point, Craig. We just need somebody because the business of the government is not getting done and we're running out of time in that 45-day extension. Well, yeah, I mean, we're, we're more than two weeks into that, right? So, mm-hmm. uh, you know, we're, we're down to, 
roughly 30 days left on that extension. Um, And I have not heard any uh, whispers from anybody in the house. I mean, obviously they can't do business right now, but you would think if somebody had a plan, you know, hey, if we can get a speaker, this is what we're going to put forth. We haven't heard boo in that regard. So, you know, who knows if they have something lined up or not. Right. We we just uh, have no idea. So this thing is just getting worse and worse, in my opinion. And unless the Republicans get their act together at this point, no matter who finally is the nominee, we're not going to win anything. I know. Uh, We're going to lose the House if they they do this much longer. Yes. And 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 right now. Probably straight down the line. Right now, tonight. You know, the the 20th of October, I don't see any light at the end of the speaker tunnel. No. And the thing is, here it is, instead of staying in D.C. and just locking themselves up until we have a speaker, oh, we'll get the weekend off. Yeah. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Great. Yeah. (laughs) You know, don't you notice there's something missing, a speaker in the chair? Yeah. This is this is a joke. We look, let's put it this way, as bad as Biden's speech was last night, we look just as much a joke as that speech did. Maybe, maybe even maybe even worse, just on a different uh, playing field. That's true. <laughs> you know? And we'll, we'll get to Biden's speech a little bit, <clears throat> excuse me, a little bit later in the show. But right now, let's talk about the ongoing uh, Israel-Hamas war. Um, you know, that, that thing is, uh, it, it's a waiting game right now. Uh, Israel has not yet made the ground assault into Gaza. Uh, but, uh, both Hamas and Hezbollah have been lobbing a few rockets into Israel. And, uh, so there's a waiting game there. Israel right now is evacuating some Northern towns because Mm -hmm. of Hezbollah uh, yes. and, and the U.S. Navy floating around out there in the Mediterranean, they wound up shooting down, I think it was 15 uh, rockets and uh, a handful of other uh, maybe cruise missiles or something like that uh, that were aimed at Israel. Uh, yes. So the Navy's done a little bit out there as far as defensive mm-hmm. work. But right now, it's a waiting game. Two of the hostages have been released. Yes, it's a mother and a daughter. They've been there for um, since October 7th. Qatar released, uh, got the release. But it's not as, you know, cut and dry as people think. Um, this release has a little um, questions to it, if you will. Yeah. According to some sources. Um, first of all, I don't know, and I have no way of knowing whatsoever. These, they are, they're from Chicago. They are Jewish. They were in Israel for the Jewish holidays. But why did they pick them? Why didn't they release children? 
Well, because children are a bigger bargaining chip. Of course. Well, I go into that in my article on Monday, being published on Monday. I know exactly why they didn't release children. But the, the thing is, why these two? There are many hostages, including American hostages, who are hurt, who need medical care. These two seem pretty healthy, and that's good. I'm glad they were released. Don't get me wrong. But I think the releases should be triaged in nature. Right. I think it's only fair, Well, really. And, yeah, I, I agree with you. Now, I'm sure there'll be a debriefing of the two, uh, the mother and daughter, Uh, that were released, what they know and how much they know is anybody's guess at this point. I would be surprised if they even knew exactly where they were being held. Oh, Uh, uh, probably not. Probably not. But why, why did Qatar pick these two Americans? And don't tell me they were the only Americans captured because no, nobody believes that. If, why? if I had to make a guess, uh, I'll tell you why. If, if I had to make a guess, and folks, you got to understand, this is pure speculation on my part, okay? Right. But trying to get into the mindset, which isn't easy, but what if these two were being held somewhere apart from any of the others? Okay, but they so, were always intended to be bargaining chips. Well, always intended to be bargaining chips, maybe, but if you release somebody that was held with a group of hostages, those released hostages may have more information that they can give to the Israelis and the Americans, but if you release a couple that was held completely separate by, mm-hmm. a, by you know, not, not by the main arm of Hamas, but you know, completely separate, you minimize the amount of intel they might be able to impart upon the Israelis and the Americans. That's pure speculation on my part. Yeah, no, no, that actually makes sense because, by the way, they are not here in this country. They are now in the hands of the Israeli military. So that kind of makes sense. What did they see? Or did they not see anything? Remember, many of these people that were taken hostage are in Gaza. And they could have seen certain things that maybe these two just didn't. Due to circumstances, they were taken very early. And maybe the savages that took them were like, a little bit less savage than some of the others could be i mean we yeah. we don't know and we won't know until they're first debriefed by the israelis and until they come home to the united right. states now i wonder if biden's going to force them to sign a waiver for their trip home yeah i mean how how much horse crap is that i mean People that he was evacuating out of there, Americans that he was evacuating. And by evacuating, we mean taking them to Greece or to Cyprus and right. then dropping them off there. He made them sign uh, a promissory note that they would reimburse the government. Now, now that right. is just pure horse crap. Mm-hmm. You know, 
And yeah, you do wonder. I mean, because of the history, right? Um, I just think this this two-person release was more of a tactical release on the part of Hamas. Um, but, but we'll find out. But it's a good thing we got two of them out. I mean, it's a, it's a step in the right direction. And, you know, the idea is to get all of them out, whether they're Israelis or Americans or from any other country. You know, it's going to be a tall order uh, to get all those hostages out. We understand there was 203 altogether, and now there's yes. 201. Um, you know, so it's going to be interesting to see how that happens. Meanwhile, while, you know, missiles are lobbed in from Hezbollah to the north and Hamas to the south over Israel, our DHS, Department of Homeland, I call it insecurity, is now issuing tacit warnings about the possibility of lone wolf attacks within the United States. Now, Absolutely. I think we all know where any of those lone wolves may have come from, and that's across the southern border. Of course it is. Of course it is. Oh, and by the way, Craig, let me just interject that the two women are actually um, under the protection of Israeli Brigadier General Gal. Hirsch. He's the coordinator for the captives and the missing. Okay. So he's, uh, there's, there's a guy you want on your side if there's trouble. Absolutely. I mean, you know, just, just saying. Um, now we we're, we have been getting <clears throat> some images out of Gaza. Now I assume some of these images are probably, probably being sent out by Hamas, okay, mm-hmm. and they're trying to show how horrible, awful uh, the bombing uh, from Israel has been inside of Hamas. Um, I'm sorry, I don't really feel sorry for him. When this is all over, I'm thinking the uh, DIY network might have one of those, you know, fix up the block shows <laughs> because the demolition has already been done. The demo's well, done. I can tell you one thing: the Israeli military is right at the is right at the outskirts of Gaza. They are right. ready to go. That's why the um, heavy bombing was done today, heavier than the past few days. They are just waiting for the signal. They are in place, ready to go. The sooner they go in, the sooner this could be. And now BB doesn't think it's going to be ending, you know, like the six day war did by any means, but he's pretty sure he will have Hezbollah completely eliminated before the end of this year. It's going to be a tall order because it's going to be a lot of urban house to house fighting. Uh, But if anybody's trained for that, it's the Israelis. Right. The IDF, you know, and from what I understand, the Israeli defense minister was at the border and this would have been early this morning. Mm -hmm. And he told the IDF that, that he was visiting with, he said, if you've never seen the inside of Gaza, you will shortly. Yeah. Yeah. And BB paid a visit there the other day to, you know, Get everybody ready. I think, personally, I think enough have already been killed in the strikes. Quite a few Hamas top officials have been killed. I think this might go faster than expected because I think even the Palestinian, the so-called Palestinians, 
are tired of this. Well, I hope you're right, and I I hope there are enough of the so-called Palestinians mm-hmm. that will point the IDF in the right direction and say they're hiding over there. Yeah, well, there's one very good little bit that I saw posted today. In the Israeli army are also Israeli Arabs. Mm-hmm. And one of the higher ranking in the Israeli army of the Israeli Arabs came right out and said, Hamas did this, Hamas caused this, and we, meaning the IDF, Israel, Netanyahu, we will end this. This is from an Arab, folks, an Israeli Arab. They're kind of a different breed, if you will, than, you know, the Palestinian and the Hamas sorts and all that. But he's still an Arab. And he, the first one I have heard say, they're wrong. They started this. They're barbarians. He used the word savage also. And, you know, God bless him for coming out and saying that. Right. And, you know, he's, he spoke the truth. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, I mean, that's, that's all there is to it. So, you know, we're, we're keeping an eye on, you know, obviously what's going on over there. It would not surprise me if the uh, ground incursion begins later tonight. Now, when, when I say later tonight, I mean later tonight, our time, but because of logistics, that would make it at about sunup tomorrow, Israel time. I don't know if they would go on the Sabbath or not. I know they did during the, you know, Yom Kippur War, but I, I don't know if they would do that now because yeah. I think what they're thinking is the Hamas who are left will say they're gonna, they're not gonna honor their Sabbath. They're gonna come right after <laughs> us now. And a little bit of their guard might be let down. So there's a chance they might not go, but then there's a chance they can go. They're all there. They're, they're there and they're primed. They're and, there, yeah. ready, loaded, lock loaded and ready to go. And as far as I'm concerned, I don't care how many of them they take out. I it, just it, keep seeing in my head images of beheaded uh, babies. I know, I know. Uh, some really disturbing stuff that that you and I have seen over the last week and a half. Yes, um, you know, and it, it, those images, those those scenes, they don't leave you. I mean, once you no. see them, you cannot unsee them. No, no, yeah. that and and yeah. the young Israeli girl being burned a lot cremated a lot basically and the room full of children being just made into swiss cheese these people are animals savages pieces of garbage i hope israel takes them all out that's the idea that's what that's what bibi netanyahu (laughs) is talking about and um you know i don't think any any amount of Hawk is going to sway him from that, and it shouldn't because you can't live with that next door. You cannot. No. And and he knows it. And uh, you know, I think it's going to get going to get real interesting real fast. 
Um, you and I can't get the images out of our heads. Apparently that is not affecting Joe Biden. He's off to Delaware. He's relaxing on the beach again. God, you know, the world's on fire and he's sitting on the beach. Yeah. Yeah. I don't even think he's seen the real images of what happened because I don't think he cares. I, I have to agree with you. Now, we're just about here at the bottom of the hour, so we got to take that bottom of the hour break. When we come back, we've got a couple of different topics, um, and we're going to start after the break with the Oval Office speech that Biden gave last night. <laughs> you mean that Folks, he stumbled, mumbled, that, and read off yeah. a tele- teleprompter from that speech? That's the one, the heartfelt speech from the teleprompter. Yes, we got a lot to say about that folks so stay with us there's more right side patriots after that you're listening to right side patriots radio the best in conservative commentary news and talk where we do away with the politically correct nonsense and give you the politically direct truth This is the home of Right Side Patriots every Tuesday and Friday night from 7 to 9 p.m. Eastern with Craig Andreessen and Diane Sori. We're working to make this country great again from the right and leaving puddles of melted snowflakes on the left. Thanks for listening to Right Side Patriots, your best bet on the Internet. You're listening to RSPRadio1.com. Hi guys, Diane Sorry from The Patriot Factor on thepatriotfactor.blogspot.com, where I found a home base seven years ago after becoming one of Facebook's long-time Facebook felons, or so I've been told by the Facebook gods. On my blog, you will find not only my articles, but our Right Side Patriots investigative reports, as well as stories and links to and from well-known writers and bloggers, plus what I call almost daily memes, my snarky take on news of the day. And for more great takes on the issues of the day, check out the National Patriot at thenationalpatriot.com, where you can read Craig's insight into all the current news happenings. And join us both on Right Side Patriots every Tuesday and Friday night from 7 to 9 p.m. EST at rspradio1.com. Welcome back to Right Side Patriots on rspradio1.com. Craig Andreessen at the National Patriot. Diane Sorry at the Patriot Factor. Getting you through the Friday night edition of the show. And if you miss any part of it, all you have to do is go to rspradio1.com tomorrow morning. Click that podcast button. And this show and all the rest are right there. We want to thank all of our podcasts. The pod people, we call them. Uh, getting more pod people all the time. And, you know, you can follow us over there at podcast. We hope you do. All right. So last night... Uh, Joe Biden gave a a stirring uh, State of the (laughs) Union address. I say stirring because I was uh, stirring creamer into my coffee as he was giving it. Um, I was yawning. Well, yeah. (laughs) You know, 
Diane, quite possibly one of the worst presidential speeches I've heard in in a long time. But the left is crooning about it. They're, they're just fawning over it. Wow. Only the left would, because at times it was, you know, incomprehensible. He stuttered. He mumbled. He looked like the meds wore off at a certain point in the speech. It was teleprompted. I and many others believed it was pre-recorded. I know it wasn't cut and pasted or anything together, but I think maybe they got him up enough to just run a run a tape and just use it at this point. Well, you know, it could have been pre-recorded. I, I won't say that it wasn't, but uh, I don't know for sure. All I do know is that 8 o'clock Eastern time is about two hours past Joe's bedtime, so... Yeah, that's um, true. <laughs> you know, so I mean, I you know, you you don't know what's going on there. And now I can tell you from from the very beginning of the speech, at the very beginning when the cameras came on, Joe missed his cue. He was looking off to his right at somebody mm-hmm. standing over the wings. Like now, do I go now? Do I now? Yeah. Okay. And then he looks, you know, straight ahead and starts yammering. Um. Mm-hmm. Diana was it was just a piss poor speech and it was so disjointed he he'd talk about Israel for uh, a minute or two and then he'd just start I mean it really wasn't any transition or bridge he'd just start talking about Ukraine and then he'd jump back to Israel jump back to Ukraine it was so disjointed it was almost impossible to follow It was a joke. What he tried to do was tie Israel into Ukraine, tie Israel into Putin, try to, you know, tie Ukraine into this one and that one. What Biden doesn't get, well, there's a lot he doesn't get, but what he doesn't get in this situation is Israel is not Ukraine. Israel is America's staunchest ally. It is the only democracy in the Middle East. We are supposed to be true allies together. And yes, he sent some ships over there and they've done some good things. They stopped, you know, what was going to be an attack on Israel. But he also lied about a few things uh-huh. during that speech especially about a conversation with Abbas and the talking about the um, aid to the Palestinians, a hundred million of our taxpayer dollars. He is sending to Israel's enemy so that Hamas can funnel that money off and use it to replenish their rocket supplies and other things. Yeah, really smart, Joe. And number two, Joe, you did not meet with a boss. Yeah, now he said he did. He said when he was over in Israel that he met with Mahmoud Abbas. That, did, that never happened. He is absolutely lying. Every one of the Arab leaders who was going to meet with him canceled. Including After, a boss. Yes, including a boss. After the phony BS about Israel bombing that hospital. Israel did not bomb that hospital. It was Hamas's own rockets gone away. I watched the tape. 
I listened to the recordings. I've seen the pictures. That was a Hamas Islamic Jihad rocket that went off target like many of their rockets, thankfully, have done. But what gets me mad about that, besides Biden, is those idiots, the squad in Congress, pushing that narrative. And even Tlaib, who knows that it's wrong, she's still out there on the streets pushing Israel did it. Well, she's, she, you know, she's a good little Hamas operative. Yes, she is. I mean, I, I don't know how else to put it. I mean, she, she just is. Um, you know, the, the, the whole thing, you know, that whole speech last night, as I understand it, the, uh, the part about Ukraine, there was originally about three weeks ago, there was going to be or was to have been uh, a Biden speech regarding only Ukraine. Right. The the Ukraine speech was written before the Hamas attack against Israel. So after the attack, then Biden's speechwriters decided, well, maybe we can combine the two. So they wrote uh, a speech on Israel, and then they tried, and I think unsuccessfully, to meld those two speeches together. And that's why it was so disconnected and fractured. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think so, too. Yeah, and I mean, you can tell from, you know, I mean, look, if you're going to do, if you first of all, you shouldn't do that. Okay. Right. You got two separate incidents going on. You got two separate wars going on. You got two separate uh, altogether deals. Mm-hmm. You shouldn't try to meld the two in any way, shape, or form. But mm-hmm. if you do, do, you know, say what you're going to say about Israel and then when you're done, say what you're going to say about Ukraine. Don't keep going back and forth. Because then you nobody can follow it. Nobody knows who you're talking about at any particular time. Right. You know, well, and, nobody knows what Biden was talking about anyway, because he was mumbling so much. Biden didn't know what he was talking about. No. Okay. And it's obvious. But for God's sakes, do not try to sell an aid package to Zelensky on the backs of dead children and dead babies in Israel. That's that's horseshit. Don't do that. Exactly. The two wars have nothing to do with each other. You know, aiding Israel, Israel has never asked Biden for money. What they've asked Biden for is help with some military equipment, if needed, right, to stand strong with them, to help in any way they can, but they have never asked for money. Well, yeah, that's that's true, but I'll tell you something else. If I was Bibi Netanyahu right now, I, I would be, from all the way over there, I would be giving Biden the finger, because in last night's speech, he's offering Israel... $14 billion, and Zelensky over $100 billion. Right, right. Uh, something seems off there to me. Yeah. Um, Zelensky's already gotten over $100 billion out of us. Yeah. So, you know, I mean, something seems a little off. Now, 
On the upside of the speech from last night in the Oval Office, at least Biden's speechwriters have realized they can no longer put title headings on a speech in the teleprompter or stage directions on a speech on the tell because Biden will read those. Right. You know, I mean, he's done it in the past. Now, can you imagine this big Oval Office speech when he started? If at the head, you know, as a header, it would have said Oval Office address, and Biden would have read that Oval Office address and then followed it up with 1600 Pennsylvania Avenue? Uh <laughs> I don't think that would happen because I don't think he knows his address. I, and, that, and you could be very, very correct <laughs> about that. Um, we noticed, and and I, you know, I was watching it. Diane was watching it. I sent her a text five minutes in. Biden started to whisper. He started that yes. whispering. I, I sent Diane a text. I said he's whispering. The meds have worn off. <laughs> yes. By the end of it, Diane, he was sweating like a horse. I mean, he's sitting there, you know, and and at the Oval, he kept leaning over, kind of leaning on the arm of his chair, too, which I thought was a little odd. But by the end of the speech, and it wasn't that long of a speech, but by the no, end it of it. was very short, maybe 15 minutes, if even that. Well, you know, I mean, when the meds only work for five, you don't want to go much over 10. So That's true. You know, but he was sweating. You, you could say he was starting to glisten and and he was squinting it uh, I don't know if it was squinting or eyes closing from you know being doped up or past your bedtime but this man did not look well no at all no. and you know this speech. If you think of two presidents, now remember, Reagan was about Biden's age, maybe a little older when he was president. And you think of Reagan's speech about the Challenger astronauts, what I consider one of the greatest speeches ever delivered by a president. And you hear and saw the sincerity that President Reagan delivered. And you compare that to Biden and what he delivered last night in what should have been one of the most important speeches of his presidency. And you just have to sit there shaking your head. No way did 81 million people vote for this man. It, it couldn't happen. Now, we'd be remiss, too, if we didn't bring up in this, this part of the show tonight, talking about that speech last night, how it was all aimed at soothing Hamas and the Palestinians. Yes, it was appeasement. Yeah. His, his speech was total appeasement. Oh, we have to care about the, the Palestinians. Let me tell you something about the Palestinians, folks. While they all might not be terrorists, they voted Hamas into office, and they all, and I'm not saying every single solitary one, use your brackets here, they're all anti-Semitic, and they hate Israel and the Jews. Biden knows this, or at least his puppet master Obama knows this, and yet... He still appeased them. 
he made Israel actually seem at one point like the aggressors. Biden never once mentioned the beheading of children. He no. never once mentioned the burning alive of a of Israelis. He never once mentioned the massacre, the slaughter at the kibbutz. He never mentioned any of that, but his heart bled for the Palestinians. Well, you know what I say to you, Joe Biden? You can go stick it where the sun don't shine. You know, I mean, it was the whole thing was was meant to, you know, go easy Go easy on the quote-unquote Palestinians. Go easy on Hamas, um, you know. And and by all means, let's send them a hundred million dollars or a hundred billion dollars. I mean, come on. I mean, and, you know, it's you know, just the, the Palestinians was a hundred million. Hundred million, yeah. Okay, but that's our money. So if the, if Hamas uses any of that money, which we know they will, to fight back against the Israelis. In a very warped way, he just made every U.S. taxpayer partially responsible for the death of Israelis. Yeah, and, you know, coming up next week, um, I'm taking on Biden's whole trip to Israel. Mm-hmm. And he, you know, he did some of that while he was over there, too. So, Oh, yes. You know, you're, you're getting into the... Uh, to the whole uh, Hamas and the the you know barbaric savages the you know well uh, the toxic culture yeah that is Hamas you know yes. I'm taking on Biden's trip to Israel we're going to have two great articles they're going to get published on Monday and then we're going to cover those on Tuesday night show next week you don't want to miss that right. um, finally on tonight's show uh, Biden had a photo op when he was uh, over there in Israel. And in this photo op, he met with special op forces. Right. Now, as, as is always the case, whenever there's a photo op, there's cameras there and the Biden press crew, uh, Mm -hmm. is there, you know, and when I say press crew, I don't mean, you know, people like, you know, Peter Ducey and, and them, I mean, you know, from the press office of the white house. Right. Right. So they were taking pictures and they put, couple of pictures out on social media and on the the white house website a biden meeting with these special ops forces diane what was the problem with that the problem was he took those pictures with them while he was in israel giving away the fact that we already have special ops ground presence in israel thank you joe biden and it got it was even worse than that because mm-hmm. when they initially put the photos out they did not pixelate out the faces of those special ops soldiers exactly thus exactly. outing them to the entire world yes i know now that's the biden it's, that's the biden press machine in action right there um, they don't care they don't care that they did that because they don't care what happens over there that's the whole point now obviously it was pointed out uh to to the biden press office uh you just doxed our special ops people and they they looked at one oh oops 
So they took it down and they issued uh, a statement. Uh, We weren't aware that, you know, this photo showed uh, their faces. As soon as we were made aware of it, we took it down. Well, too late. And guess what? It's still up there. Well, they. On sites. Well, it is because people captured it immediately. I mean, once you put something like that out there, it's out there. Exactly. You know, so now our enemies know who these three or four special ops were. They've got pictures of their faces. That puts the special, those special ops soldiers out of business. Right. And it puts a target on them, and it puts a target on their families. Exactly. Thank you, Joe Biden. But what gets me mad about that, when Biden was there, Blinken was with him. Why didn't Blinken butt in and say, hey, no, no, Joe, you're not taking pictures with them? Because I don't think Anthony Blinken has the wherewithal to know you shouldn't do that. You know, I mean, they're, they're, they're looking at this like, oh, you know, here we can get a, we can get a photo of Biden, you know, with a bunch of soldiers and it makes Biden look like he's uh, the commander in chief. Yeah. And it might've happened extremely fast and maybe Blinken didn't even know what happened. I don't know, but the whole thing just stinks. You know, I mean, the president of the United States does not know you give away our military secrets, because that's what it was. Even though we've all suspected that special ops was helping the Israelis, there was no proof until Biden, you know. Right, right. So, A, foot into everything. A, you don't take photos of the special ops. Right. And, uh, you know, and, and if you do, you pixelate out their faces. And even if you pixel out their faces, you don't release those photos until after the operation is done. Exactly. Now, you know, that falls to the Biden uh, press room. They're the ones that got a hold of those photos and rushed them out and got them up there on social media. Oh, look how vital Joe Biden is. He's meeting with special ops forces. Yeah. But you know somebody what? In that, somebody in that press office needs to be fired immediately. Yeah, but you're forgetting something very important. None of this is Biden's press office, Biden's this, Biden that. You forget who's running the Biden show. Yeah, it's Obama's press office. Yeah. These are people loyal to Obama and have remained loyal to Obama. This, this, uh, it's strongly my belief that Obama is running this entire show. Prove me wrong, someone, but I don't think you can. You want a little more speculation from me? Sure. I'll bet you Obama's, uh, I bet you he got a real earful of it from Iran uh, after the whole SEAL Team 6 thing uh, was done under the cloak of secrecy. Uh, to get Osama bin Laden, and they told him, don't you ever let that happen again. If you've got special ops somewhere, we want to know it. Right. Speculation on my part. Yeah. But, you know, I mean, how else How else does that happen? How else does photographs get taken of special ops soldiers and get published on social media and on the White House press page 
without pixelating out and and simply identifying them as special ops. I mean, how does that happen if it's not on purpose? Well, the the White House pictures, you know, that we released of the atrocities in at the um, kibbutz and with the babies, those were all pixeled out. Yeah. Yeah, but not, not oh. our special ops soldiers. Oh, no, we got to show who they are. And let me tell folks something very interesting that happened today. As I was looking for illustrations all over the Internet for Monday's article, and I was looking for the composite of the babies that were beheaded, not the beheading pictures, the pictures of them while they still were alive. Well, do you know Google has taken down almost all the pictures of what happened to the Israeli children and has replaced it with the poor Palestinian Palestinian children supposedly killed by Israeli bombings. Now, this is an addition to a picture they posted yesterday of a supposedly little Palestinian baby that was screaming in horror at the... um, bombing well it turned out it was an ai generated picture so now we have servers and hosters in the internet all trying to appease i'm not saying that they're on the side of hamas but they're trying to temper down what we see in an attempt to temper down what happened well i'm sorry any group of people that goes in and beheads babies and burns people alive and massacres entire families, they deserve everything they get. You know, if you really want to know what transpired at that hospital in Gaza, mm-hmm. take a look at the, uh, the, the images that Hamas has been sending out to the world from that hospital. That, that will tell you everything you need to know. They show over and over again some videotape of the parking lot at the hospital with a bunch of burned mm-hmm. up cars, right? Mm-hmm. Am I to believe that an Israeli precision bomb targeted that hospital, burned up a few cars, but did not displace a single brick in the parking lot? <laughs> If you want to see, guys, that's true, Craig. If you want to see what really happened, the ones who exposed them were, of all things, Al Jazeera. I watched the actual tape Uh of the rocket going out of, you know, the ark that it was supposed to use into Israel and crash right into that parking lot. Also, four to 500 people were not killed. They are now saying probably less than 50. The hospital was not destroyed. Most of the damage was in the hospital and the areas right um, near the parking lot. This whole thing is a farce. But I think the reason Al Jazeera released it is out... um, Al Jazeera is very tied into Saudi Arabia. Saudi Arabia and Iran are just deadly enemies as well. Saudi Arabia was on the verge of signing 
an agreement with Israel to recognize Israel as the Jewish state and work towards mutual cooperation. They were furious that that deal right now is on hold. That's that's very true. It is. So of all things, it's Al Jazeera that actually releases the tape. Yeah. You have to understand the Saudis are not happy either. No, and in that tape, you see the the arc of the rocket mm-hmm. being fired out of Gaza, and you know when when you when you see these videos at night, especially where the Iron Dome is popping off, you know missiles that are heading into Israel. Right. So you see the the missile coming over. You see the arc of the missile coming over, and then you see the arc of the Iron Dome coming uh, in the opposite direction, and then you see the missile itself kind of half explode in the air, right? Mm-hmm. So this the, the hospital video, you see the rocket coming up, but there is no incoming from Israel. There is no Iron Dome missile coming in. But you see that Islamic Jihad rocket kind of explode, half explode in midair, and then... Right below where where the rocket explodes up in the air is where the explosion is on the ground. Right. So you know that rocket malfunctioned in flight and then dropped, and it landed yes. right in that parking lot. Mm-hmm. Um, it's it's very clear. It's it's easy to see. You know, and if you if you've watched. You know, a lot of the, the you know, videos and, and you understand how the Iron Dome works and you, you're you used to seeing the the arc of, of rockets that are coming towards Israel. You can clearly tell this was not an Israeli rocket. Like I said, you can look at the video that Hamas is providing themselves and you can see the burned out cars but and, and the parking lot there is brick and not right. one brick is disturbed, not one. No. And there's no shrapnel, there's no bits and pieces of an Israeli rocket there. I mean, this was a, a, a screw-up by Hamas. If Israel, who does not bomb hospitals, but if Israel were to bomb a hospital, that hospital would be leveled. It would be gone. Yeah, Israeli rockets don't... Uh, go wayward like Hamas rockets do. But Israelis don't do that sort of things. They are not savages or barbarians. But look at the look at the uh, videos released by Israel of the the precision guided missiles they're sending into Hamas. Right. And and see the devastation one of those missiles causes to a building and you will know that whatever landed in that parking lot did not come from Israel. Right. Exactly. Yeah, but, but you got to tell that to, you know, uh, Ilhan Omar and, and Talib and Presley and uh, AOC. Yeah. They're still pushing the the oh. false narrative. And that's the mil, um, the media is to blame for a lot of this because they right. jumped on the false narrative. That's true. Those people are stuck on stupid. There's nothing I can do about it. Mm hmm. Well, they just don't. Nothing aren't. any of us can do about it. Well, Diane, guess what? We've run out of time for the show. Oh, wow. That went fast. It did. Yes. So I guess with that, I'll say Star Trek awaits and nighty-night. 
Have yourselves a great weekend, folks. We'll catch up with you again on Friday. Bye-bye.